0: Welcome back to Goodbye Mellow Brick Road. Oh, it's a special one. Today is a special episode. Uh, what you just heard is, or are currently hearing, another day of sun from La La Land. Of course, of course, of course, of course, of course. Let's hear. Let's go, babe. Let's hear a little bit more. another day of sun for sure, in Goodbye Mellenbrick Road land, Uh, and we got a special episode, of course, and it's uh, known as, I don't know actually what we're going to call it, Uh, Juliana Gallagher is the guest, making her second appearance, oh, she's back, her... Second appearance on the podcast, Uh, we had previously discussed little women scenes with Kate. And now, Juliana's back, the two of us, and we talked. She had a way of wording this, and I don't quite remember exactly what it is verbatim, but it was something along the lines of movies, romantic movies that teach us about ourselves and about love, or something like that. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. We're gonna go through some romance movies that teach us something about love or about ourselves or about our lives. And we're just gonna vibe. <laughs> uh, I don't know. We are in the home stretch for sure on this season. Yes. Season three of Goodbye Mellowbrook Road. We're in the home stretch. It's almost been a year since we started, and now we're coming to an end. But we don't have to worry about that because right now we are talking about top five romance whatever's. We know I've been through this with Juliana Gallagher, who is one of the kindest, most thoughtful, uh, emotionally intelligent, uh, just great people. Uh, She's a she's she's just she's the best. You know, we love Juliana on this podcast uh, and, you know, always supporting her and her myriad endeavors. So, Juliana, thank you for being here. Always a delight and a treat and a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, Yeah, man, we're just chilling on the mellow brick road. I don't know. We're just doing our best. You know, every day is a new grind. Coffee grind. Oh, well. Enjoy the episode. It's filled with love and sweet kindness so that's what we love to see Um, hello uh to everyone we have a great episode coming up uh we were we were talking um just off before i started recording and i realized i should have been recording that whole time um please welcome uh juliana gallagher juliana hey buddy thanks for being here
1: hi thank you for having (laughs) me again i'm excited to be back
0: yes we are this, you're 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 a two timer now. Kelly hasn't I even know. done this once.
1: Literally just last week I was here.
0: <laughs> and I've got in one week you have made your second appearance, and yet it's taken me about a year to convince Kelly to even make a list for this. That's
1: okay. I can I can make Kelly do stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um. I'll be like Kelly. It's a great experience. You should do it. <laughs> it is
0: great. I think that's what I've tried to tell her. She yeah. and now we have nothing but free time. Um Uh. But, you know, I was thinking when I went to I had a brief moment of hesitation before I introduced you. I feel like most people and like even like your your own name on Twitter, you are called Julie. And I feel like I've just never called you Julie. So
1: that actually there's a whole story behind that, too.
0: Uh, is there?
1: <laughs> there is. It's kind of a longer story. Basically, like, okay, Juliana is the name my mom wanted to name me, but on my birth certificate it says Julie. It's it's a little complicated. It has to do with, like, my mom is from the Philippines and my dad is from the States. Okay. So my whole family calls me Juliana, but, like, that's not, like, my legal name. And then when I went to school, when I was, like, six years old, I couldn't spell it, so (laughs) I shortened my name. And that's how come, like, that's why everybody calls me that. Like, some people call me Julie, some people call me Juliana, and it's, like, actually, like, pretty, pretty like, it doesn't make a difference to me.
0: What about Jules?
1: Oh, I get that, too, and I'm good with that. I mean, I am a person of nicknames. I embrace them. (laughs) I've been called many weird things, and I'm okay with that.
0: (laughs) You know, that's that's the way to do it, I think. Like, I was not Dave until my fifth grade teacher called me that, like, refused to call me David, so then it just kind of never went back to it.
1: Yeah, yeah, I guess, like, that's kind of, like, everybody called me Juliana, then I went to school, and some people started, I told them, like, I wrote Julie on all my papers, that's really basically what happened, and then I just didn't go back.
0: I feel like, I don't know, maybe I'm just, might be naturally inclined to do the full, like, I have a niece, Isabel, and people call her Izzy, but I always call her Isabel, like, I just, it's feel like it's my natural predilection.
1: Okay, so when I was in, um... College. I tried to go back, but some people from my college had known me in high school, like three people, and they—that's how come like that didn't. That's why like all my like social media says. If you're wondering.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, now I feel very—it's enlightened, um, for sure. You—you um, you had said right before um I started recording, you had something that you wanted to say about your bias.
1: Yes. So we were talking about the stories that we picked today um, and it's more about lessons on love, movies that can teach you lessons on love. And basically, I was saying that I really love some stories such as Silver Linings Playbook, but I don't feel that is a particularly usual situation and therefore I kind of like left it off the list. So my bias is that I'm a hetero woman in the united states and i'm in like the what i would say like the 20 the the 20s range and so the stories that i pick are definitely stories that lean towards people who are more familiar with that situation
0: yeah for sure like it's same with my list like i had one the only movie i like all of my uh couples on this were heterosexual couples and uh, they're all white except for i had rashida jones uh rashida jones movie that i ended up taking off the list um (laughs) Yeah,
1: I think that the the lessons can be applied to many relationships, and I want to, like, make sure that people understand that. I'm not saying, like, it can be a certain way. I'm saying that these are, like, lessons that I think apply, but I do have a bias.
0: For sure, like, they're going to be more resonant with us because they kind of reflect things that we are more likely to go through.
1: Yeah, yeah, I would agree completely, so...
0: Um, but yeah, it's a good topic. We're talking movies about relationships that teach you something about love or relationships. Um, I'll clean that title up a bit um, when this goes up. But you, yeah, you texted me, have you ever seen Marriage Story? And before I could even respond, you said that you had many thoughts on the love in Marriage Story and movies like that. And then I never heard the what those thoughts were, so this became a podcast.
1: Well, I feel like, yeah, I definitely... Uh the day I watched that was uh, um I feel like an emotional roller coaster in a way because I feel that it's a really hard thing to watch <laughs> just kind of like the breakup of two really likable characters so
0: Absolutely. Um yeah, my dad refuses to watch it. And I'm like it's called marriage story, you know, it's not called divorce story, but he still refuses. <laughs> It is, it is a tough hang though, um, and but yeah, I think uh, I'll jump into my list first, and we can alternate so it ends on you and doesn't end on me because that would be kind of shitty. Um, my number five, uh, per per your own, uh, not suggestion, but more of a, a more of a prodding. Not, I don't. that's, that's not quite the word either. But I had. Uh Celeste and Jesse Forever, which is what I mentioned earlier. But then I switched it out um to have a movie that um you have actually seen so we can talk about it. And I have number five. Uh Casablanca came very close to making the list on the first try. Um obviously it's like one of the greatest movies ever made. People love have loved it for decades. Uh and it's you know the of all the gin joints in the world, they walked into the same one. It's a I mean, it's hard to talk about Casablanca in a way that people haven't already uh discussed or written about at great length but it's um it's one of these uh movies about romance in which we have many of them that do not have quite the happy romantic ending between the two characters and obviously this one is no different you know like Ingrid Bergman leaves and Humphrey Bogart stays behind uh but it's not it's not a it's not a painful well it's, maybe it's an emotionally painful goodbye but it's not like a, a an an anim- it's not one of animosity, you know, they're, they're leaving on good terms and they know that it's the right thing to do for one another. And I feel like that taught me that sometimes you just gotta like real love is just letting something get in a plane and fly out of Morocco.
1: Yeah, I actually, I had mentioned this before. Casablanca almost made my list. The reason why I didn't is because I feel like it was really specific to a time. Um, that is 1940s. And you can clearly tell, I mean, they have, you know, the war story in the background. And I think this is when you think American romance, Western romance, this is the movie. Like, this is it. It's classic. Um, and like you said, it is a story about doing what's right and, like, good triumphing over all. And I think, like, yeah, you're right. Sometimes the, the most loving act is to let a person go um and let them see their happy ending. I think like just really like it doesn't get more American than Rick. Like it really <laughs> doesn't. I just love it. I love how he seems to have that jaded exterior and then you kind of get a flashback into his past and you realize that his actions are motivated from something really good, really pure. So.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um I feel like a lot of these movies, um that, are, that were made long before either of us were born are movies that you kind of have to watch a couple times to understand what's really going on. Like, there's a lot of, like, uh, dense dialogue in them. And, like, a lot of time, like, what they're talking about can be more confusing than, say, like, a uh, Jennifer Lopez rom-com with some mm-hmm. really attractive man. Like, those are a bit more spelled out. But Casablanca just... It hits every time. Like, it's a really impacting story. But also, like, um, I, I should say that the... The piano um the mm-hmm. the song as time goes by that is played i think that also teaches um not necessarily anything about love but maybe that um i don't i've he- I've heard a couple songs over the years that really take me back to a certain moment uh mm-hmm. in my life and the way that that's portrayed where as soon as like she, uh, they hear the piano play as time goes by like they just like stop and it just brings them right back to uh, the time that has gone by. And I think that's also a pretty resonant thing because, you know, you hear a, a song and it, it just kind of can devastate you. I think,
1: like, very much this story is one of the actually greatest films. I actually I actually truly believe this is one of the greatest films ever. And that, like you said, it definitely takes you back and it reminds you Like, that is a really nostalgic feeling. We all kind of experience that. We all have people that, when we think of love, their names come up first. And so I think that that's really beautiful, and this is definitely a classic, and I love it.
0: (laughs) Did you ever get to ride the Great Movie ride when this was a part of it?
1: I did. I did. I, I liked that ride. I really do. I liked the interaction between cast members and the
0: audience. It was a great ride. It had so many of the classic movies, and this that that was always my favorite part was when it would go by the two of them with the plane and everything. I looked, I liked mm-hmm. that part the best. Um, and that, yeah, we're both romantic people, so I
1: could totally see
0: that. Yeah, we like. I I feel like a lot of people have spoken about like, oh my god, the alien scene was so cool, and I was always like, when I was a kid, I was afraid of the alien part, and I was like, oh, Casablanca, my heart soars. <laughs> Um,
1: oh, it's, it's very quotable.
0: It is. It's got so many of the great quotes. Like, uh, "Here's looking at you, kid." That's a great one.
1: Yes, iconic.
0: Um, and
1: we'll always have Paris.
0: Yes, we'll always have Paris. That's another. Um, that's. I feel like if they did that, like a all-time great movie quote list, this would have like probably like six or seven.
1: Okay, and also I feel like that line too. We'll always have Paris. That is probably the lesson in the movie. Um they choose to move forward in what's best for everyone, but at the same time, you know, you watch this whole movie, and it really is, it does homage to what they had and how it's evolved.
0: That's true. Um, I think that's a good way of looking at it. Like, there's a lot of uh, lost loves over the years who are very tied to a, a location with me. I won't name names, um, but... <laughs> Um, in my travels, there have been a a, a couple and to, to, to think of it in a way that like, oh, like, you know, we'll always have blank city is a, is like a, I mean, it's, it's certainly not like an, like a best case scenario kind of thing, but it's more of a silver lining, I guess, where you can at least have fond memories. Um, Mm -hmm. even if like, like, uh, Rick and and uh ilsa have sort of like a they have a they end on good terms and like Mm -hmm. and and that's not necessarily something that everyone will get to experience uh like relationships that end on these like like good loving terms but if you can look for the the good in it you can still be able to look past how it ended to look back at the good times and enjoy those
1: and it's particularly powerful movie, too, because I'm pretty sure she goes off to be with another man and he knows that's what's gonna happen like he knows it, so it's like it it really hits you that's a, that's such a good one
0: I feel like when like she goes off to another man, do you think that she'll always remember Rick like like is Rick gonna have like number one spot in her heart? do you think
1: um no, I don't think so because and it's not because. I think they definitely have, like, the emotional connection for it. But I think, like, there's a there's a strong sense of duty, especially because, you know, nations are at stake in this film. And so I think part of, you know, letting her go is the right thing is for, for her to be happy with, with her new man. Um, does that mean Rick won't have a soft spot? In her, she won't have a soft spot for him? I highly doubt that, like, she definitely will always think of him fondly, and she'll always probably really cherish him in a way, but, like, I'm pretty sure she, like, has a husband, or she's, like, about to be married, so, like, you know, that would be his role, while Rick will be just somebody that she loved once. you understand what I'm saying? Like, I mean, who really wants to be, who really wants that, ultimately? Like, I feel like the person that we commit to in our lives should eventually be the number one person. Um, Nobody wants to have, like, lingering flames. You know what I'm saying? Not saying that doesn't happen, just saying that that is what I like to believe about the story. Um, But she clearly loves him. He clearly loves her. And this is truly, it's truly, they can't be together. For real. And that's very sad.
0: I think there's, like, the part of me like I definitely agree with you that the one you commit to is got to is got to be the number one or else you know what are what are you doing it's
1: not going to work out I think eventually if if they're not or you can't find a way to make them the most important
0: but there's also the part of me that's like who loves the idea of like this great romance story told in in Casablanca and you they come back into the bar and they're like oh my like this passionate love has been reignited and that's like it appeals to the the wild like uh uh, romantic side of me that, um, is, like, who loves fiction.
1: <laughs> but I think, I think a lot of people, like, a lot of films have tried to recreate that feeling, but this film is definitely the one who does it best. because um, definitely there are old flames torn apart and then brought together and then they do the right thing. That's, like, literally... What, that's what makes it so romantic, that's what makes it so heroic, and that's what makes it so great. But we also have to remember, like, for example, like, nowadays, technology allows us to, like, overcome certain obstacles that might not have been able to been overcome in that time and place.
0: So if, if you think if Casablanca took place in 2020, Rick and Elsa would be fine? I
1: think, I don't, I'm not saying they would be fine. I'm just saying, like, hey, like, back then, like, think about it. If he's going to stay in Africa and she's going to go to Europe and then eventually back to the States, like, what's the point? You know?
0: They would just be on yeah. Zoom. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but nowadays, exactly, that's what I'm saying. Nowadays, <laughs> we have Facebook, we have Zoom, we have Instagram, we, have, we are so globally connected, as, we've ex- as we as we know. And so, like, you know, there are some obstacles that don't have to be obstacles anymore. Um, so, like, I think, like, that, that story is really tied to the time period because, you know, you have that war going on and also just, like, how can they... You know, like you said, what are the chances that they'll walk in? Well, let me tell you, today, you might find somebody a lot faster in the real world than you would back then, (laughs) simply because we have the internet, you know? I posted a photo one time in Spain, and I got a message from somebody else who went to high school with me being like, hey, I'm in Spain too, and I was like, wow, small world, you know?
0: It's true, yeah. I mean, like, maybe maybe Brick finds, like, somebody he loves even more than Elsa on, like, Bumble or Tinder or something, or...
1: And I think we, I think that's what we wanna hope for. I think we should want to hope that he finds someone else because even though that is a striking love story, and there there is never gonna be a time when that story isn't striking. It doesn't necessarily mean it's the right love story um to be in. you know what i'm saying
0: i I know what you're saying. I feel like Rick um is the type who like if Ingrid Bergman posted this like beautiful picture on instagram he wouldn't like it and that's like come on rick that's i feel like he's that kind of kind of guy <laughs>
1: that is so funny i know exactly what you mean though i do
0: like he I, he likes the picture but he would never give it the like because he doesn't want to give her the satisfaction
1: oh my gosh that's so funny that is so yeah no i totally see what you're saying <laughs> I get it. I get
0: it. it. <laughs> well casablanca i mean it's a great one uh what do you, what do you have what do you what do you, what movie are you coming in with here?
1: My number five would have to be Five Hundred Days of Summer. Great pick. This movie I feel like puts people through a roller coaster. And I mean some people really like um JGL in this movie, and then there's some people like me who are not as much of a fan of him. And it's not that I don't like him. It's just like I think this film really shows a side of love that we don't like to always acknowledge it's not fun to acknowledge we do like to acknowledge it that's why that film is successful is because it's so painful it's like a it's like a wound we sit in you know like that's how we like it you know it kind of hurts us and that's why we (laughs) watch it over and over again and i think the great thing about this film is that at some point we are all um, I don't even remember what his name is in the film. Do you remember the name?
0: I have absolutely no memory. I call him JGL. <laughs> JGL!
1: <laughs> we've all been JGL, and we've all been Summer. Like, I feel like at some point, we've all been in both people's shoes. And I think that's, like, a common thread in, like, all of the films that I really, like, chose. I think, like, we have kind of a problem in the sense that, okay, so JGL is just, he, He's like he's, like, gobsmacked. He meets... Summer, well, actually, you know, he, she passes by him, says something about his music, and and he, like, goes back for it. He goes back for more. Um, he's just smitten by her um, instantly. And I think, like, that's really romantic. Everybody likes that idea. But I think there is a huge problem where he takes Summer, he puts her on the pedestal, and he's not even really open to the fact that there are things he doesn't really know or understand. And I think there's, like, kind of this dichotomy um, in the film where the way he's, in fact, like, all the things he loves about her in the beginning are the things that he's so mad at her about in the end. And it and it kind of makes you question, like, am I really seeing people for what they are? Um, I mean, like, let's be real. Like, you know what? Summer is totally leading him on. And I don't think she's – per. it's not like she doesn't know, okay? She totally is. And, like, like – that's not really great of her i will say that's that's really terrible of her but also at the same time i think there's like you know there was there's what she's saying and what jgl is reading into it and like there's also like a definitive point in the movie where she starts disengaging from him and i think like you know like some when you're feeling like a summer you get mad at the JGL character. But when you're feeling like JGL, you get mad at the Summer character. That, I feel like that is like a good way to put it. Because the thing is, it's like we have to allow people to be themselves. Um, and then I think there's a lot of miscommunication. My theory about the film is that Summer doesn't want to commit to JGL because that guy who she ends up getting engaged to later on in the film has been there from the beginning and that the point when things change, he's, he's come back into her life. Does that make sense? Yes. That's my theory of how come that worked out the way it is. Because I do think for, for a while you believe that they can be together and then there's a point where it kind of changes. And like, obviously there's a lack of communication between the two because that could have easily been solved with honesty. Um, would it be brutal? Would it hurt? Would it change the friendship? Yes, but I think, you know, the most difficult choices are sometimes the most important choices, and they say the most um, about who we are as people.
0: Um, His name is Tom.
1: I don't get me wrong. He, Tom is actually, like, they're both really likable, attractive, charming characters, but they do have shortcomings.
0: Yes. I think I've seen in the in the wake of like people love this movie for sure and it's taken on sort of like a big following um Mm -hmm. and people have been they just um there's been a lot I've seen at first I think a lot of people looked up sort of to JGL slash Tom and uh saw him as like this like tortured romantic great character and um but I think even I think JGL even took to Twitter and was like no this guy this guy is not a role model like you're supposed to learn um from what he does you're not supposed to try to imitate what he does uh mm-hmm. and but now it's sort of even taken on now it goes the other way and people say that oh he's like this horrible character like he sucks like you can't even like begin to associate with somebody like him in real life and i think that also is quite missing the mark as well because like you know no one like show me a person who has had a perfect relationship their entire life that was flawless and always everyone in the relationship always did the right thing. Like it doesn't exist like that. Love is messy and this shows that love is messy and yeah, Tom doesn't do a lot of great things, but he's a flawed person. Like you don't, that doesn't mean you should outright ignore this kind of, uh, not even behavior, just like the way he is. Like that's not something that you can just dismiss outright. It's like, he's, it's a learning process.
1: Yeah, I think, I think this is one about a learning process, and I think at the end of the film when he meets Autumn, the <laughs> like random girl at the end, it kind of poses the question like, does Tom continue to be Tom? <laughs> or does Tom continue to be a better version of Tom? <laughs> because the hope, I think the hope is, you know, obviously things with Summer are never going to work. I think, you know, with her inviting him to the engagement par- party at the end is a really, really terrible way of her, like... And I'm not saying she's trying to patch things up with Tom. Um, she kind of virtually disappears, and then she's about to, like, lay it on him. But but she doesn't know that he's come to, like, basically confess his love for her, Um. So then you have kind of like that, and he's super mad because she didn't ever talk about the other guy, which is why I said this is really a film about lack of communication between two people, mm-hmm. and then just like acknowledging that pe- two people, like, you know, Summer should have acknowledged the facts, like, hey, look, Tom loves ya. you, have to, you have to cut it to him. And then, like, also opposite, you know, it's like, Summer's a person, Tom, you can't just... You know, like, just because you feel that it should be this way it doesn't mean that she feels the same way. And, you know, lack of communication, just on both parts. Um, and, I mean, I really do hope the characters both learn. And I kind of, in a weird way, wish they had made up. But also, I also think, you know, in a very realistic sense, it portrays the fact that maybe perhaps, you know, the idea of friends with benefits doesn't always work out. And I'm going to argue that most times it really doesn't. So,
0: Yeah, I think... um like you said, uh, it's not really going to be something... Like, it's one, something that you might try to make work. And um, like you said, like, as well as you said, they're both very charming, which is kind of um, what makes them think that maybe they can make it work. You kind of idealize it. And um, I think a good quote to kind of go along with that is from a different JGL movie. Have you ever seen The Night Before?
1: I don't know if I have. I don't think so.
0: It's like a... He... at The the movie begins with him like JGL is uh, broken up with his girlfriend um, because he wouldn't meet her parents. And uh, so, but like, and this isn't really giving anything away, but she, she says like, uh, you can't grab onto me. Like I'm some lifeline. Like, I know you're going through a lot right now, but that doesn't mean I can just be a lifeline for you, which is a, I feel like a good way to look at this too. Like he kind of, he puts her up on a pedestal. Like you said, like he only looks, he only sees the positive things that happened um, in their love like he only he only remembers the good time like the graduation goggles and everything um and but yeah like he kind of he kinda, he's, doesn't see summer as a person and it that happens pretty quickly you can kind of realize that that he's really just he thinks that she's just something that can complete him when she's really not and that's that's the fundamental like issue here and especially like I feel like I've been both of these characters but I think that I was both of them at the same time before which can really really can throw a wrench into things um, when that's going on, because you feel like you're just so confused all the time. (laughs) And I can really resonate with both of them and uh, see where they're both coming from, understand it. And, uh, and I think that I've learned a lot from this movie, too, and how to um, get better at, I think, like you said, communication is very key. Um, That's one that I've hopefully uh, gained in the past couple of years, for sure.
1: Yeah, I definitely think, like, this is – I actually think, like, this is not always a pleasant film to watch and experience, but I think it, it is one that, like – it's kind of a, – it's a wake-up call. It's a wake-up call to, like, hey, people are people. you got to let them be who they are. And you got to love them for that. Like, you can't love somebody based off of their potential. You have to love them for what they are. Um, Like, Summer shouldn't have been trying to, you know, kind of shove – like, he likes her. She can't really shove him into the friend – that's not where he wants to be, but he also can't shove her into the like romantic thing. And I think that's really where they kind of mess it up. And I think that's where a lot of us mess it up.
0: Absolutely. Like, I feel like I would be curious to know what you think about this. Like, do you think that if you have a relationship like Tom and Summer had, could you ever really be friends again after that? It would never be the same really. I don't think.
1: Ooh, that is interesting. Um, I would have to say, you know what? The thing is, it depends on the two people. It depends on whether they're ready for it. So I think, like, I think, you know, Summer's already moved on. I think she actually was ready to have him back in her life. I don't think he was, he was not. He was not. I think he held on to it for so much longer. I do think, I do think people can be friends again, but it's going to take a lot of growth, and it has to take wanting it on both sides. But I honestly think, like, I'm a believer that most people can have, A relationship between two people even if it is like I believe relationships change over time I believe that people can forgive each other people can grow and enter into something again I I definitely think that it's possible but also at the same time it's only possible if both people want it and there's some acknowledgement of how it's appropriate to move forward I think my sister said this um, in a really great way she said one thing about this film was that they have terrible boundaries they have terrible boundaries, they have terrible <laughs> boundaries as friends, they have terrible boundaries as lover, lovers. So I think like, the reality is, boundaries are something that we should be talking about. And I think it is appropriate to put them up, because the thing is, with a relationship, like to engage in a friendship again, between those two, there would have to be some clear boundaries. Like, we are never doing half the shit we've been doing. <laughs> like, but I, do I think it's possible? Yes. I think it's possible. Will it it happen between them? Definitely not, just because of the way they portrayed the end. But, like, yeah, I think it's possible. And who knows, maybe in a few years down the line, they actually end up reconnecting.
0: That ending did seem uh, a little on the nose, I think, when it's like, my name is Autumn. It's.
1: it's... It really makes you wonder, does he, like, is (laughs) is he going to do it again? Like...
0: Like, I can't tell if it's, like, oh, he's just gonna go through the the cycle all over again, like, that kind of thing, or if it's, like, no, he's truly progressed into the next phase, which is, I don't, I can't tell what it's representing, but it made me go, oh, my god, when I first, I saw thought the first time, I was like, are you kidding me? That's so on the nose.
1: I think the first time I watched it, I wanted to be, like, oh, great, he's moving on, but I think the more, the, like, in time, I was like, wait a second, like, is he gonna do the same shit again? Like, I hope he's not, I genuinely hope he's not, because, dang, that's such a painful thing to go through, I don't know why he would ever want to do that
0: again. Well, also, crucially, um, actually, I, before I, I, when you say the, why would you want to go through it again, I can completely get where that's coming from, he has, he looks, he sees only, he looks, he is looking back at everything with completely rose-colored glasses, and I can, I so under, I feel like maybe he has the kind of spirit, um, that you, no matter what happens to you, you, you like, you have the spirit that'll always like bring you back and, uh, get ready. Like, he's like, I'm ready to get hurt again. Like you just have, you just have that in you or like, you just refuse to not, um, let yourself love. Like I, I, I feel like I, um, I've always talked so much about, um, how much I hate uh, like endings and goodbyes, like whether it was um, high school or, 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 or college or the, D- the DCP would be a big one. And like the, the last week of our DCP was the most painful experience like ever that I've ever had. I like, it felt so bad to, to, to go through that. But now I look back on it, I'm like, I would do that again because it was also a time of such great uh, love and vulnerability and emotion. So maybe there's like a bit of that going on. No, I totally
1: understand that. I totally understand that. I think, like, I think, you know, I hope, what I hope is that Tom's character is a little more cautious, he's a little more vocal about what he wants, and that he's more open to the idea that Autumn is a separate person from him than his idea of, basically, basically, I feel like he's projecting this idea of perfect girlfriend on, uh, Summer, and that's not really fair. So, and I hope he doesn't do that to Autumn. That's just how I feel
0: i think a crucial detail of that is that he meets autumn i think it's like
1: in a meeting for uh, an interview
0: yeah it's like an interview that comes on like i think it was if i remember the movie correctly i think it was the first day of spring or no the first day of summer i don't know something like that it's like sometime in spring or summer and it makes me think that like oh maybe not because autumn doesn't really coincide with uh spring and summer
1: that is possible i don't i don't I just know. I think it's like that's the five hundredth day. That's like what I see. Which also, if you think about it, that's kind of weird. He's counting days.
0: Yeah, it is not. Uh, that's that's definitely not healthy behavior. I don't think you're you're gonna drive yourself crazy if you do that.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of like okay. That's kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, my sister was super funny when I, I when I mentioned this movie to her today. She was literally like, she was like, "Oh yes, that is a movie you meant to teach nerds about love." And I'm like, "What?"
0: Meant to teach who about love?
1: He said nerds about love. But what she meant was, like, you know, like, they're both really quirky people. And what she was saying is, um, (laughs) what she was saying was that basically, like, it's, like, I think he sees Autumn, and she's beautiful, and she's kind of, like, really charming right away, and he kind of forgets, like I said, like, he kind of forgets she's a person, and she kind of resents him for that, and I think that's really where a lot of their issues in their relationship are.
0: This movie was kind of like the peak of that, like sort of quirky uh, character. Like, th- like New Girl comes from this, like that kind of like, oh, I'm adorkable. like I'm so quirky, like that kind of <laughs> thing.
1: Yeah, I'm like that's like that is like who's so, Zoe Chastain is at this point. <laughs> <laughs>
0: like, like if, if you watch her in Elf, she is completely different. I love Elf.
1: That's actually a good one.
0: It is a good one. Like she. I, I think like uh, like that whole montage where they go they go around New York during Christmas time is like my ideal like romance. Like I'm like that's the dream right there. Go figure skating and look at Christmas trees. That's that's what you go for.
1: Yes, yes. New York. If, if you're gonna fall in love, go to Christmas in New York. Like apparently that's the thing to do. That's what I would think from all the romances.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's what they put. Like all the Nora Ephron movies are in New York. Like that's, or except for uh, Sleepless in Seattle. But you know what I mean.
1: Oh, I also love that movie.
0: That's a that's a classic. That's a gem.
1: That's so good.
0: Um, I think. What is <laughs> it? <laughs> Yeah, the we we're at we're at minute thirty three, we've gone through two movies. <laughs>
1: wow. Excellent.
0: Um well my number four it I think I was tempted to uh mention this, but I wanted to during when I was tempted to mention it during Casablanca because we were talking about a lot of themes that are very similar to this movie. Um number four, La La Land. Uh it's got the same kind of thing where like like the the sort of uh like you said that um she'll always have a soft spot for Rick. Um, these two are always going to have a soft spot for one another, but they're clearly happy with the lives they've made. Oh my God. I should say, uh, spoilers for La La Land. Um, if you haven't seen the movie, anyone who's listening to this, which is like all two of you. Um, but La La Land is, uh, it's, it's a movie... It's such a, it is such a quintessential kind of romantic movie. And I saw this in theaters three times, uh, and every single person I went with after the, at the end was like livid that they did not end up together back again by the end of the movie. But I understood, like, I got where it was coming from that, like, sometimes you just meet a person and you might have like the, like, this might be like the, the connection between Mia and Sebastian might be like the most passionate and the most um, like the peak of like a romantic uh, connection that they'll ever have in their lives. Like this could be like the best um, connection that they'll ever have. But that's not what they're meant to do um, for one another. They they both help each other grow and go to achieve their dreams and find um, what will make them really happy. And it's kind of a tough concept to wrap your mind around that you can meet somebody that you have a, the best connection with that you've ever had a connection with and to know that you're not actually supposed to be with that person. It's kind of crushing, but it's also sort of beautiful and especially in the way it portrays it in that like the last 10 minutes of La La Land are it's the best ending I've ever seen in a movie. It's incredible. Um
1: Dave, it's funny cuz
0: this is actually my number 4 also. Oh my now. Oh my god, it's it's um absolute it's kismet. It's absolute kismet
1: it's number four and I think like I think yeah you hit it perfectly I think the whole theme of the movie like the whole purpose of the movie is this idea that you can love somebody they can bring you to where they need to go but you can also not end up with them I also would have to argue that this movie pays so much homage to to past movies that after I watched the movie I was like I should have known that because they were paying homage to past movies and like look at Casablanca how that turned out Like, duh, they were not going to be together. Like, in a lot of the movies of the past, people don't end up together. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I should have known when I was watching it. But, like, I think, like, they're really, yeah, they're really two creative people who have really strong dreams. I think, I think, you know, like, Mia kind of is, she's critical of the fact that, um, oh my gosh, Sebastian sells out. And he's... He, you know, he kind of like he like he like pushes her to like make her play and then I he like doesn't show up, right? I'm, I'm correct. Like this is this is definitely the He shows
0: up he shows up late.
1: Yeah, he basically doesn't show up. And like I do you know, those are two really critical points. I think those are two points that really push them the direction that they go. They end up going. So like he redeems himself by going back after he gets the cast like the casting call. He goes back and he drives her back. So he, so there's definitely like good good, like uh, spirit in between them after that but I think like you know if she had not like he might never get the bar at the end if she had not said what she said and then I think like for example he really pushes her to do the play even though like you know there's some jealousy going on between them because he's seemingly getting successful and she's she's struggling but eventually like, they both they both get their um, hap- happily ever after, I guess, in a way. I don't know if that's really a happily ever after, but um, they both achieve, like, their life's purposes, which she wants to be. They're both artists, and she ends up on the big screen. He ends up with the bar and writing jazz. And, you know, it is just a really wonderful film to watch. But I also think there's this kind of, like, huge question, which is, like, You know, they were not a very intentional couple. And when I say that, what I mean is, so you kind of, you get this, like, when they fall in love, which is absolutely, like, adorable. When they (laughs) meet and they, like, get together, it's absolutely adorable. But they kind of just fall into something. There's not really any thought of, like, you know, where this is going, what is happening, what's going to happen next. They don't even, like, they don't even think about, like, you know, are we both going to make it? Are we both not, you know... How far are we willing to put the other before this? Because the truth is, I mean, like we talked about, we are in the age of technology. It doesn't really make sense. Like, they wouldn't actually have to part ways when they do. Um, there's a very definitive choice. And the reality is they want their dreams more than they want each other. But, you know, I guess it's like, what, they could have made it, I think they could have made it work, honestly. I think they could have made it work, especially because there's, a, there's no need to not be disconnected in our age. Um, but I think the question it, it was it was a choice. I think there's a choice made there um, between the both of them. It's a silent choice where, which is why at the end when she goes to the bar with her husband and she sees him, they have that dream sequence because it's relive. It's the idea of all the things that they could have been, and there was a clear there were clear choices made. And I don't I'm not gonna argue whether that was the right or the wrong choice. I'm just gonna say like. They chose that. They didn't choose the relationship, um, ultimately. And I think that's really why when we watch it, we're like, what the? You know, <laughs> didn't see that one coming. But you should have. I think, but we should have. Because they both set out to go to L.A. for the purposes that they end up doing. You know what I'm saying? And I think they could have had a little more inten- intention. And I mean, like, how many of us nowadays are kind of guilty of that? You meet somebody, you connect with them and you just want to be with them, but you don't even spend time to think, like, hey, is this actually, like, a relationship that makes sense, that make that works out, like, will we be in the same place? Will, do we want complementary things? Like, these are things that we should be thinking about, and I think this, per, this movie perfectly captures pretty much the experience of people our age nowadays in a lot of ways. Um, although I would also have to argue there's not really the sweetness of us making it big all the time. <laughs> No, (laughs) see our dreams come true, but like, (laughs) hey, I guess you know it's a film, so.
0: Well, I mean, if they weren't gonna end up together, it would be it'd be so cruel to take their dreams away from them too.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I'm not saying there's like, like I said, like I think that was really what the film is about. Um, You know, it's called La La Land because they were in their own La La Land, but when it came to like actually making the dream, the dreams work, they went their separate ways. I think. So well, I really like it. I really enjoy it.
0: They would have like a hundred percent. They would have been happy together if they stayed together. But they, oh, yeah, I, I think I they, think so. they always would have been unfulfilled, though probably.
1: I would agree. I would have to agree, and I mean, like I definitely think this is something that was the, it was two people's choice, you know. Choices. Yes.
0: Um, I an interesting point when you were um talking about La La Land is when she gets the the job to do a movie and. I think it's Paris or something that they're going to film it in and like a six month shoot in Paris or something. And um, I'm I think I feel I feel a little bit um, I feel a little unsure, a little more unsure that they would have been able to make that work. I think um, I just I'm not. Uh, the biggest believer in the long-distance relationship, especially, like, with what you were saying, is that they kind of fell into love with no plans, and then to take that kind of relationship, where you just are in this amazing place, and you love somebody, and you love spending time with them there, to take that kind of relationship, and then immediately put the, 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 the the demands of a long-distance relationship on that, I feel like, would kind of be a death knell. Yeah, you
1: know, actually, I totally see that, but, but I think, like, that I think that was an option. Um, Obviously it's not the option that they choose. They could have tried harder if that was what they truly wanted. I guess that's what I'm I'm saying. I think I agree with you though. They wanted their dreams a lot more. And there's nothing wrong with that. And you're right. I think being fulfilled is a large thing. And some people, you know, I used to teach uh, couples ballroom dance and I've been exposed to a lot of couples. You know, some people don't feel fulfilled in their relationships. And and it's super sad to see that. so like I definitely understand why they go the way they do and I and I definitely love this movie and think it it deserves a place on lessons to learn to learn because I think there is a huge question. You're right that is asking a lot of somebody to basically put their life on hold like I mean it would boil down to is one of them would have to go to be with the other one and like that sidelines their dream. So
0: It's true like you see in that Um, fantasy sequence at the end like Sebastian is playing piano at this club but it's not his club he's just the piano player there um and like he could he could find work in Paris for sure but like she's going to be the one achieving her dreams and you don't want to get into a situation where like like what if he resents her like he shouldn't resent her because he would be the one making the choice to do it but like that's a very real thing that could come about from that
1: and then about it her husband at the end you know they show him putting the thing he puts the kid to bed he goes with her and I think like you know yeah that's what that's what wh- that's what it would have required and she did find that just not with Sebastian
0: I, but he's but Ryan Gosling is so much more he's so much prettier than that guy is
1: I mean yeah I think given the choice most people would <laughs> want to pick Ryan Gosling but like at the same time like would you want to cage Ryan Gosling
0: no, that's I get I get sad when I like I'm sure him and Eva Mendez are very happy together, but every now and then I think about this guy is like this this bird needs to fly, baby.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean it's a it's a great I think it's a great film and I think I think the lesson in that would be to be a little bit more intentional. Maybe you would save some of yourself some some heartbreak, which sounds really weird, but like you know, we like to think of love as a completely irrational experience that can, like, overcome anything. And I'm not saying that it can't be that at times, but I also think, like, you know, let's, there isn't an irrational, I mean, like, there's also a rational, not there isn't, there is also a rational, practical aspect to love that also needs acknowledgement. And there's also two separate identities in a relationship that need to be honored and respected.
0: I think that's very true and it's probably the way to, that's probably the right way to go about it i would think but like i always i think about like la la land and how um influential it is on my like uh sort of happy go lucky personality where if i was in a situation where i was like in a planetarium alone with somebody and we were like having this like beautiful like explosion of romance i would not want to stop the 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 amazing situation that we were in and be like so where do you see this going
1: Oh, oh, yeah, there's definitely a time and place for that. But like, we see all the highlights in that film, we don't really see, we don't see the hard conversations, really, we see a lot of the dream sequences, and then a little bit of the rougher parts, but we don't see like, I don't know, there's just not really conversation. And I guess like, when it comes to relationships, conversations, is just like, like, um, communication is just so important. And I think, you know, it can save a lot of things and it can also deteriorate a lot of things.
0: Well yeah, like they I think the reason we don't see any of the hard conversations is because they don't really have any until their dinner where it all it all blows up at once. Like they've been bottling it up kind of. Yeah,
1: yeah, and I think like, you know, I think that's something that we can fall into and I think yeah. Maybe maybe there should be more hard conversations in our lives, you know?
0: But do we but then it would take away from the dancing so, in the constellations
1: i mean like i'm not saying i want to watch that because i guess those you know, films are like a lot of like escaping them so like i don't know if i would really want to watch that but it, it is kind of what needs to be done sometimes
0: i feel like in my head i would just be like why can't like it would be, we'd have the hard conversation and i'd be like oh why can't why can't this relationship just be dancing in the stars and having a tap dance on a park bench while the sunset turns purple somehow. Uh,
1: The the hard conversations have been the death of many good things. (laughs) 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 I'm completely honest. Um, But I actually think that's a testament to, as to why we need to have them more, why we need to practice them more is because, you know, like being honest, being real, saying what you need and what you want is such an important thing. People, we are love in love with people, not mind readers. We need to give up the idea that somebody should just know exactly what we want. I think it's always lovely when somebody thinks of us and whatever, but also like if your needs are not being met, we should speak up and, and make it easier for our partner because it's not that people don't want to make the other people mad, you know, it just happens. And then, We get into these giant fights and then at the end of the day it's like you know do we try to fix this or do we just move forward and i think you know sometimes it's really if there's something said it's really hard to move forward
0: that's definitely true and i think it'd be even harder when these if they were in like two different locations like then then you're really like that's just begging to be like these conversations that get like maybe your tone gets misconstrued or you have to write a letter, and then the letter takes a couple days to arrive, and then it's like all—it's a whole mess.
1: Which is which is why I think you know, like, it's very beautiful, really nice, fun to watch people who are really like both romantics. But I think also like we could benefit from the idea of seeing people who communicate well in cinema.
0: Mm, that I think we have a a, a dearth of those kind of um, oh. Ooh, I won't say that because actually um one of the movies on my list would actually be perfect um for that and I don't wanna I don't wanna give anything away. Um
1: So our fourth one was both La La La.
0: Land. Yes, we matched up on that one perfectly. Um my my number three is is fifty first dates. I felt like I had to have a rom com on here. Like I feel like um
1: I feel sad that I don't have rom com on here because I'm kinda of like, well great, now everybody thinks I'm t- I hate love.
0: That's <laughs> not true. <laughs> i'd say about of our 10 movies i think um eight of them don't end with the couple together uh (laughs) (laughs) um but 50 first dates um hopefully i'm not giving anything away when i say that this is a good one this is like a this is a classic rom-com uh and but i won't i won't really talk about the movie too much because you said you haven't seen it Um, um...
1: Yeah, I haven't seen it, and I feel like this is a movie that literally, if I mention a rom-com, every man loves this rom-com. Hmm. I've never seen it by now, but I have yet to.
0: <laughs> well, it's like... I'll say, like, it's a it's one of my... It's, like, one of my 20... Probably 20, 25 favorite movies ever made. Like, I love it so much. It's such a comfort to go back to it, to revisit it. It's like going back to Old Friends. Um, mm-hmm. And it is Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore. Um, I know Sandler... I, I, I know that people have their problems with him, but he's so charming in a rom-com. Like, give him a give him a shot in the rom-com. He's very good in that kind of genre, for sure. Um, he and Barrymore have great chemistry, so I would I would definitely recommend it. I have it on DVD. I have, like, three copies. I've been on DVD. Um, uh, but, yeah. Um, so, but I'll say... I, um, what is it?
1: Uh, what I was going to say is I'm, I'm familiar with the premise. She yeah. Yeah, he has to basically date her every day.
0: <laughs> Which is, like... Yeah. It's, it sounds like a super kind of, especially in 2020, this would be like a very sketchy kind of uh, premise for a movie. Um, but I will say that they do address the sketchiness of it and they really kind of work through it. All the characters come to some sort of understanding about how this can kind of work because you don't want somebody who has a memory loss every day to not be able to experience the joys of life. But it's also like, how can she, if she can't remember what's going on? So it's, it's a it's a tricky thing to balance. And I think they actually balanced it pretty well. Um, But I'll say that what it did teach me is that once um, Sandler um, breaks it down with Barrymore and explains to, I think it's Henry and Lucy are their characters. And (laughs) once they like kind of work through that and understand that it's going to be tough, but she does want him to keep doing it. um, and, Like her family wants him to keep doing it too. Like, cause she's so happy, so much happier when she's with him and they think it's a good thing. So they come to that agreement and then every day he has to find a way to, um, to fall, to have her fall in love, um, with him again. And not every day obviously works. Um, but I will say that it taught me, um, I think this is something I've tried to, um, imbue into all the relationships i've had is to never let it get um stale i think it's i think it's very important to try like you like the first month like they call it like the honeymoon phase like that's it's always gonna you're never gonna be able to like recapture that kind of lightning in the bottle but you should be always be putting the effort forward And always be trying and always be showing the person that you're in a relationship that you love them. They should never have to wonder if you still love them. And that's kind of what I took away from 50 First Dates is that you need to put the effort in.
1: Uh, I would agree completely. Also, I'm just going to say, like, okay, actually, I will tell you, Adam Sandler does the man in a long-term relationship so well. And like a lot of the films I've seen him in he actually plays a really great like man who's been mar- in in his 40s married. Like <laughs> that's just something that I know about him. He does it really well and he does it in a way that's super believable that a woman would want to be with him for a really long time.
0: Yeah, like you were making me like my smile is so big right now like cuz like I I You're so right. Like he 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 he's not a the, he's no, he's no Ryan Gosling. I'll say that. Um in terms of, uh, 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 face, um, but however, he has such a charm about him, I, like, people get, like, oh my god, how could Adam Sandler ever get Drew Barrymore, it's, like, he's so charming that I believe it.
1: Okay, have you seen, okay, so there's this movie on Netflix where he's married to Jennifer Aniston, actually, whenever he's married to Jennifer Aniston, it is the most believable thing, I don't know why, like, she's super, like, Jennifer Anderson's super gorgeous, and, like, they're just, they just, play off each other so well. He has this natural, like, Adam Sandler is the guy that, like, he's your best friend, he makes you laugh, you get along with well. Like, that is a very believable, like, staying power. Um, That's really, you know, at the end of the day, you know, the person you end up with is going to be, hopefully you pick somebody that is your best companion. Because, you know, it's not always roses. It's not always great. And I think, like, that's what he does. He's very convincing in that role of being the guy who is just dependable on an and great on an everyday basis. And you know what? He also, you know what? He looks like. And I know you like he's no Ryan Gosling, but he looks like a man that that a woman would be in love with. Like he really does. Like he looks like a guy that you could love, like off the street.
0: I mean, I love him. He's so kind. He's like the a great actor. I love him for sure. I would like that's like a he he's probably very cuddly.
1: Have you seen the movie Grown Ups? When yes. He's married to Salma Hay- Hayek. Okay, one of the one of the quips of Adam Sandler is that he's like always married to like these really hot women in films, and I cannot tell you, I cannot tell you enough how really true that is. Like <laughs> people love people for who they are. Um, there's something so endearing about somebody who has their own look, but has such a big heart, such a big personality, and just makes you laugh. There's something you just cannot deny. And those men always get really hot women. It's just, <laughs> I'm a firm believer of that.
0: I mean, if if it's got to be anyone, I feel like Sandler is the one to show that. He's oh, yeah. one of the biggest comedy stars. And he, like, literally, like you said, like, I think the only movie I, actually, no, I can't name a movie where he's not, a, a, like, in relationship with some really attractive person.
1: <laughs> no, he always is. And, you know, I bet you his real life is really attractive, too. Like, man, like. I don't know. There's something, something about having good chemistry is so important, and I really like. You know, I've never seen this movie, but I will say the putting in the effort every day is so important. They say um, one of these like really famous people who studied relationships, Dr. Gottman, always says that it's actually the little things that make or break a relationship. It's not the big. Everybody thinks it's the big decisions, and they know they can be, but it's actually you know it's the everyday love is sustained it can overcome you know it adds up and it can overcome the big things
0: so that's absolutely true like i think um like there could be the mistake um that you're just gonna like like the the early love you feel or like the peaks of the relationship that you feel are gonna be able to carry you through and that you don't have to that you can just you can just yeah you don't have to you don't have to put the work in like um one of the philosophies on the good place like they they bring up the idea of soulmates and um like it's a show that takes a place uh in the afterlife obviously and one of the one of the afterlife beings says to be honest i don't know if there are soulmates like the, but they they think that they're they said that soulmates are not um just something that exists they're something that you work at like, um, you can't just be in love. You have to work at the relationship and you can make somebody your soulmate. Like, Kristen Bell said this about Dak Shepard that when she first met him, that they didn't start dating because they weren't in a good place for it. But, like, a couple of years later, they were both at the right frame of mind and um, she doesn't feel like... She was always in love with them. She felt like they worked to get to that point where now they can say that they're soulmates because they're both putting in the effort, which kind of, I guess, like, my, like, like, to break it down and, like, honestly, like, my, my, like, uh, prefrontal cortex was not formed when I watched, um, The Office for the first time. So, so everything Jim and Pam, like, imprinted on my 10 year old amygdala and, Made me think for so long that every relationship was going to be Jim and Pam because to me they 're like they 're still like the pinnacle of romance like I can watch seasons one to whatever of the office and just be absolutely floored by how beautiful their relationship is constructed, but it 's so sort of unrealistic that it almost it 's like oh god what a what a relationship to have imprinted on your brain, Jim and Pam, but like still. Like I guess maybe Jim kind of worked every day and Pam kind of worked every day to prove that they belong together, but they they definitely made me think that soulmates just happen because how could you just happen to sit f- five feet away from your soulmate and not think that that's magic? Well, I think
1: I think like there's there's people we are more suited to, and if you are if you are um, apt enough and you're you're more like aware of yourself relationship re- relationally, you can be more in control of that. Um, like, you know, I think, like, you know, there's a lot of people you will be attracted to in your life, but I think one of the things, like, about, like, the whole, like, Jim and Pam thing is, so, Jim is pretty certain about Pam from when he meets meets her, but he actually does have to work up to Pam. Pam has to warm up to him. There are people who are truly companions, in a way, first. Like, he always... Has a romantic feeling for her but she, it's not necessarily returned there's there's really like a real foundation there which is why it's so believable that they can withstand a lot
0: yeah like they're, crucially they're friends first, like they, their relationship comes from their friendship even though like you said, Jim says he has a crush on her from the minute he meets her basically
1: he's always harbored those feelings for her, I mean there's also like she was really not available because Roy was literally in the picture yeah so, like, there's a clear block to that, but I think you know it does say a test. It, it does show you some insights to people, and I think you know when we think of romance, it's easy to think that that's just being swept off your feet, being passionate, but but there's more to it. There's, I think, you know, friendship is a really large part, and and I think the endearing thing about Jim and Pam is, you know, they're they're jokesters. They really get together. Yeah, yeah, I do think they're soulmates, and. I also think, you know, she could have very easily married Roy.
0: <laughs> yeah, she almost like there, there she's what like 2 weeks away from going through with it.
1: And he confesses his love for her, which is risky, and it also you have to remember they break up for a little while, and he dates somebody else, and she has to all of a sudden she's the gym.
0: It is it's like these endless obstacles and it, you kind of I kind of feel bad for like Karen cuz she is like like, she, I don't know, she didn't deserve to just be somebody's rebound.
1: Well, I think it's hilarious, though, that, like, the episode before Karen disappears, this is actually pretty true to life, I've noticed, is, um, she's like, just because, like, this is over doesn't mean I'm just gonna get up and leave, and then she does. That's <laughs> hilarious. That is hilarious. I think it is also, tr- there's some truth in the fact that we say a lot of, we say a lot of stuff that we don't actually mean. <laughs> So yeah, and okay. like honestly, like honestly, I get that. I wouldn't want to be around after that. I wouldn't want to be around Jen and Pam either. Like,
0: yeah, because they 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 have no reason to leave. So like, it's kind of like it shouldn't be on her, but it, it is.
1: It's a little, it's a little funny. Not gonna lie. Yeah, I feel like bad her, but she'll move on.
0: Trust she, me. Yeah, she ends up happy.
1: <laughs> but uh, yeah.
0: What do you got at number three?
1: Number three. I have... Okay, let me look at my list again. I texted... Oh, okay. Okay, okie-dokie. My number three is Marriage Story. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Marriage Story is very painful to watch, and I 100% recommend all people watch it. It's like, it needs to be watched. That movie needs to be watched. I think... The letters, they open it up and they have the letters, you know, the the divorce, the letters they write before the divorce, where they're supposed to write all of their nice things about each other. Those letters are just, they're beautiful. They're so beautiful. That whole scene is beautiful when they're going through their everyday lives and they're describing what they really love about their partners. Um, And it really ends, that scene ends with uh, Scarlett Johansson's character not wanting to read her letter. And Adam Driver's character being like, "Well, I'll read mine," and like they don't, and they they go through the divorce. I think that's a very critical moment in the scene because the thing is, it's like the truth is at that point, Scarlett's character is just done. Um, she doesn't want to read the letter. She doesn't want to make it work anymore. Um, she has no desire to. I think this is definitely a film about that really highlights again lack of communication and also just the intentions. You know, she gives up. Her, she wanted to be an actress, and she gives that up to go be with him in New York and be a a, a player in his cast. And he's brilliant, genius, and she feels completely slept on. Um, I think this is a this is a, a phenomenon that can happen very easily in today. This is not what anybody wants. Nobody starts out with this in mind. Um, and he is a beloved person in their family. You know. Uh, they have a scene where she goes home and he he, com- he comes visits and that's when she serves him the papers. <laughs> and it's just like, he is a beloved character and he is beloved to her too. I think the whole film, she's really got her guard up because she knows she can't let him in again if she really wants to leave for real. And it is absolutely just a roller coaster. I honestly think it's weird because I feel like I'm more likely to be in Scarlett Johansson's place because I am, I am a female. Um, I also feel that, you know, the idea of giving something up for somebody you love is something that is tends to be what they ask more of uh, women uh, just because of the way our workplace works. It is I think it is in favor of a man continuing his career. And then I think, like... Um, But I sympathize so hard with Adam Driver's character. That is really hard to watch. Um, They both become people that I don't think they're necessarily... Their characters would be proud that they are when they're fighting. But it's just really just... I think it is a very accurate destruction of a relationship or coming to terms with the end. And I think it's interesting that you pointed out earlier that it's called marriage story, not divorce story. Um... We don't like to think of marriages as ending and yet this movie about a marriage is completely about the end. <laughs> uh I do think it's it is a little romanticized at the end because they end on such amic, amicable terms really just at least that's how they they portray it like the final note mm. like the final note is very is very sweet and it it shows that she still cares thing which I think is realistic for some some marriages that divorce because of similar reasons. Um, obviously not all divorces have similar reasons. Some can be much messier, but I think like just they never they communicate so well about their feelings, but not to each other. Mm. That's like, true. We see her in the therapist's office and we hear her side of the story completely, but Adam Driver's character is being blindsided. He did not see this. He did not see her leaving. But also, we also have to remember that he does. He is on. He is on. Like he's. He has. He has. In, like an affair too. So like it's. It's really complicated. So um, I'm just going to let you now speak about it.
0: <laughs> um. I mean. Yeah. It's a great movie. Um. I was. I got stuck last year thinking about it. Um. Like I'm obsessed with <clears throat> the Oscars, and. So I got stuck in a rut thinking about the movie only in terms of like how it could play at the Oscars and if it was like a best picture contender and mm. and the the and the, like the meta context of all of it like Noah Baumbach and his um his real life divorce that eventually led him to mm. to Greta gerwig which is kind of what uh like I, I I think about celebrity too frequently I kind of think in culture sometimes and it can get the better of me um especially since like I am a very fortunate person in that, uh, pretty much, what's up?
1: Hello? Can you hear me? Okay. Now I can hear you again.
0: Um, I feel like I'm a very fortunate person in the sense that for my, for my, basically my entire life, um, there, there's been like in my family, there have been divorces, but in, since I have been alive, I have not, um, experienced a divorce in my family um Mm -hmm. so which makes me very lucky and um in a very small i feel percentage um so i don't really have um divorce experience and like i watched it and i thought it was great um the letter scene was very moving um but i really didn't have much to take away from it because i've never experienced something like this so Mm -hmm. to me it always feels a bit um foreign and then to put that on top of how i Um, mistakenly thought of it solely in terms of like its meta context was it made it a bit of a far reach for me but the way you were talking about it it makes me um remember a lot of those scenes and how um how like there's an there's such an ache to all of these um to all of the choices that adam driver and scarlett johansson make Um, as actors, like, they're always this, like, sort of aching vulnerability that they always have on screen, except for when they're with each other, which is what's brutal, and it's what leads, um, kind of like La La Land, it leads to the fight of bottled up feelings and emotions that gets really, really bad, um, and it's been memed to death at this point. I wish it hadn't become a meme, because I feel like people thought of it as a joke instead of, like, a really great movie, which it is, um, and... But I also actually to go off of that scene, like when when Adam Driver says, like, I wish you were dead, like, I wish you were fucking dead or something like that and immediately breaks down and then they console each other. Like they both know that they that they don't mean that and they hate that they said it and that he said it, um, which is great because like it shows like that um, how they really do. There's always probably going to be love between these two. Um, but it just can't be in a, in a marriage because it's destructive. It got to such a horrible breaking point.
1: I think okay, so like there's kind of this eye for an eye theme. So Scarlett's character gives up everything to be with uh, Adam Driver's character in New York, and at the at the divorce, she asks for it back. He gives up his New York house to be in like the LA area, or I think that's the area, to be in California with her near her family. Why? Because there's a son in the mix, and she's gonna get the son. And you know, like that is just, you know, no, like a child in divorce, like that kind of idea. The fighting between the parents, and and, like he ultimately has to choose, you know, his he chooses his kid over. Um, they have to choose him over the hard feelings. Um that's that's really heartbreaking because he's trying they're trying to do the in between two things and that's actually pretty selfish of the parents in the sense that you know like their kid can't really go to two schools like that um he doesn't deserve that and i think that's like a very real experience for a lot of people um and and it's very heartbreaking and like that scene when they're yelling at each other they're finally all the bottled up emotions are coming out that is a really like hard scene to watch, because I feel, like, if you've ever been really, really mad at somebody, or, like, you've said words that you wish you could take back, and just to see that, like, on the screen, it can be, like, very, um, it's a very reflective moment, I think, for, like, people viewing it, and just, like, they forget, they really forget, um, who, they are, in the, 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 the divorce, it, it brings out this darker side of both of them. They both, in the beginning, they seem to want to play nice, but the lawyers immediately want them to play dirty because they convince, they tell them that it's going to be that way. And then they do, they do a little bit, and then uh, ultimately they find a way to make it work. But I think, like, you know, we don't, after they're already divorced, Scarlett's already moved on, she's with another man, and he, he's with his kid and he finds the letter and he reads the letter and it, that is the moment that everything mends between them. It's not actually, like all of his like, bad feelings really seem to be harbored up until the point that he realizes like, hey, look, we're over, but she loved me. I and I think that's why he acts the way he does too in the film because there's this idea, like, it's maybe it's not so much about the divorce actually, but it's rather the validation of being loved. Um, so that is just, it's a really powerful film. I think more people should watch it and kind of realize that there's a lot it's a very meaty film there's a lot about relationships in it and 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 it's in every single conversation really in that film
0: oh yeah for sure it's a like it's super um personal uh and and it's on netflix you know you say more people should watch it like it's one of the easiest movies to watch it's right out there um it's also kind of there's also some humor in it like um the 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 lawyer character that Alan Alda plays when he's like, If I were representing you and I would do I would do it this way, and Adam driver's like, You are representing me, I always like that line oh
1: that yeah no it definitely it, it isn't yeah it's not just terrible <laughs> it's not just a terrible emotional movie not that that's so, ironically that's what makes it good, but like yeah <laughs> it definitely has some it definitely has some human more human points to it and humor.
0: Adam not he's just such a good actor, Adam Driver. He's a great he really
1: one. Is. I'll be honest, at first I was like, why are women so, like, thirsting for him? And then I watched that movie and I was like, oh my gosh, like, <laughs> why am I not married to him?
0: <laughs> have you,
1: though, I don't
0: know. Have you ever seen Girls?
1: The TV show?
0: Yeah. That, no, I
1: have not.
0: That's where, that's how I first learned about him. He plays, um, like, the main love interest on Girls. And I had the same thing at first. I was like, I don't... I don't, know, I don't know what to make of this person at all and then like by, by like season 4 I was like oh my goodness gracious this guy is a, a he's, I don't, he's he, he has just indefinable qualities like I don't even this is just a singular kind of being
1: he is definitely a man that I feel like you could meet and be in love with
0: <laughs> oh yeah he has just he's there's passion within him like I think that might be it maybe he's just so passionate
1: the way he delivers his lines he's such a convincing character when he's a character he's just brilliant
0: <laughs> he is great um it's a good podcast to be an actor named adam i think um we got sandler and driver this is a good one um uh my number 2 does not have an adam it has a a hue i i've never seen hugh grant in a movie that i didn't love like literally every single hugh grant movie i've seen i adore it like he's in he's in love actually he's in he's in um bridget jones diary <laughs> the funniest thing and and of course he's in four weddings and a funeral another great one um oh, but, hilarious. but my number two it has to be nodding hill uh I far be it from me to remember the name of the character he played in this movie or Julia Roberts' character. However, I'm the same way I never remember yeah, <laughs> They're just Julia Roberts and Hugh Grant to me. Um which is perfectly fine because I could watch them uh go through romantic scenes and fall in love together. I could watch that all day. That's incredible. Um I love everything about this movie. It's one of my all-time favorite rom-coms. Uh I guess it's technically a rom-com. I think it's more on on the rom than the com for sure. Um but it's got Richard Curtis writing the movie. Like that's what you want. He wrote. He writes all the great romance movies. Um, uh, him and Nora Ephron. But it's it's a it's an awesome movie. And it teaches me, it what it taught me is that you don't have control over who you fall in love with. Sometimes, like there might be somebody that you think would just be absolutely perfect for you, and you would think that you'd love to date that person. And there might be somebody that you would never even give a second thought to. But yet, if you like like she would never even think um that this bookshop owner existed but she just happened to go in the bookshop and they're off to the races like she had no control over that sometimes i think it's important to think of love as sometimes a, an indefinable force in the universe sometimes you can't even begin to explain what it is or what it does or what it means it just happens to a person and that's what i feel like i get out of notting hill because she's she's just a girl standing in front of a boy asking him to love her and that's what it's all about at the end of the day like that that'll get that'll bring the tears to my eyes every time
1: um you don't know this about me but if i had to pick a leading man to if I, my life was if my life was a rom-com and i had to pick a, pick a leading man i would pick Hugh Grant
0: are you saying your life is not a rom-com
1: no i mean if my life was a rom-com and i got to pick the man the leading man i would pick Hugh Grant that's something you didn't know about me before this <laughs>
0: I mean, of all the people I know in my life, I feel like you're you might be one of the ones who's closest to having a life that actually could be a rom com. Oh
1: my gosh! I wish. I wish. <laughs>
0: like I, I want the memoir. Like I'm looking forward to that.
1: Oh my gosh! I wish. I wish. Um, but um, great pick. Yeah.
0: He he'd be a he'd be a great leading man. I think for your rom com. He,
1: he would be perfect. I just know, but like, no. It is. It's a super cute movie. I love. Hugh Grant because he's such a goofy man and I just I guess that's like like if I had to have a type it's goofy I just love to see people who really just happen to be themselves and I think you know he loves Anna which is the name of the girl in the movie for her who she is you know and that's really a beautiful thing. Also, we have to think about how this is in England, right? Yep. In England on Notting Hill, which is really a beautiful background. Mm. And doesn't, isn't it his, like, his wife? He had a wife, <laughs> didn't, didn't he?
0: Hugh Grant or the character?
1: Yeah, Hugh, and the, the character, not real Hugh Grant, but Hugh Grant in the movie.
0: Did he have a wife? I don't remember now. Oh yeah, his wife. Wa- his wife left him for Har a guy who looked like Harrison Ford.
1: And I and I do I do like I do like the idea of you know when things end they're not the end. I love and I I love the idea where the the real love comes maybe after a failed love. That is a something that I feel is very near and dear to me.
0: It's it's it also like I feel like with what with that like it also there's a there's a potential like when she gives that emotional speech to him um he doesn't go for it like that could also be an ending and she thinks of it as an ending but then of course he he races to find her um at her like press conference thing and and he knows he he knows that he like um he shouldn't he shouldn't be prideful and stubborn and stick to his first instinct which was to reject her he's got to go and fight for love that's what it's all about
1: Oh, yeah. I definitely think, like, how easily, like, most, okay, most relationships don't continue because of that. You feel defeated, and you don't continue, and it's such a sad thing, because if you really want to be with somebody, why don't you try? Like, I don't know, we get all weird about this. We really do. We get all insecure. Um, We've been rejected but we really wanted something, or we think we've been rejected. We actually haven't been outright rejected yet, which is even more bizarre when I think about it, but we are the way we are. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And how many times do we choose just not to, like, try again? And I think, like, that is an important lesson in love, is you have to have the courage to try again. Um, Obviously, you know, we talked a little bit about boundaries before. I don't think you should, like cross those, but I think, like, yeah, it is fair sometimes to ask for a second chance. Um, It is fair, Um, and honestly, if you don't ask for second chances, like, okay, most relationships aren't, like we said, they're not perfect. There are going to be moments where you have to ask for a second chance. There are going to be moments when you're not ready to accept things, you know, and you're not ready to just jump in and say yes right away, and I think, like, this is the, it, it, of all the films that we've picked, this is the truest rom-com. This is the most, like, this is the most, like, if you had to put yourself in a story, I'm I'm just going to say I don't want to be in any of the sad stories. It's going to be this one. Yeah, it's going to be this one for me, so.
0: Well, it's, I mean, I think you're right. Like, you if you have to pick one, you don't want to be in a sad one uh, because... <laughs> Like, who wants to end up like Adam Driver and you cut your arm open and you're bleeding all over the place while you're trying to prove that you can have custody of your son? That's not... Nobody wants that. That's not fun.
1: I know. I know. I agree 100%. This is definitely, like... This is, like, the ideal... I mean, really, like, we want to be swept off our feet. We want to know that when things don't work out that there's a ha- another happier ending looming around the corner. And we want to have somebody have that love confession.
0: Oh, my God, that would be a dream come true. That would be incredible. Um,
1: we want those things. This is <laughs> what we want.
0: It is, I mean, well, two beautiful movie stars, you just watch them and you're like, wow, I wish I could do that as you, like... I would, like chomp down on like a candy bar or something and then go to bed in pajamas and you're like i'll never be hugh grant uh, that, which might be a really personal memory to share but that sounds like me last july um uh that was when i watched Notting hill for the first time i was like oh god a like mouthful of chocolate like that's incredible and then i just go to bed um uh but Notting hill yeah it's a great one um Notting Hill, uh Henry Hill, he's in Goodfellas. Um, Goodfellas, these movies all have some pretty good fellas in them. And which good fella is coming in at your number two?
1: My number two? Oh my gosh, I thought we already talked about my number two, but that's okay. Let me pull up the list. I have to look at the list every time we talk about the next
0: one. Did we talk my about it? My
1: number two is. I don't know if you know <laughs> what my number two is.
0: I don't. I know one of them is either your number two or your number one is something I've never heard of before.
1: Okay, I'm going to have to put my number two as the last five years.
0: That's the one I've never heard of.
1: you never heard of the last five years? Okay, well, you are about to learn about something.
0: <laughs> I'm ready.
1: <laughs> Is um When I was in college, uh, I watched this in, in a dorm room alone, and I bawled my eyes <laughs> out, Dave. I full-on bawled my eyes out to the point of, <laughs> One of my roommates had to be like, are you okay? So <laughs> like, I just watched this movie. Um, this is a movie that is, the guy who wrote it, let me pull up, pull up his name. He wrote it about his divorce.
0: Ooh, another and divorce.
1: Actually, he got in trouble because when he first wrote the stage play, um, he made the likeness of the main female character so close to the girl that he divorced that she almost, she might have sued him, or she almost, <laughs> or whatever. He had to change, um, some of the characterizations of his main, of one of his main characters. Like that's how much trouble he got in for it. So like this is like, this is about the last five years of a relationship. It's a musical, uh, musical that it's like almost completely sung. Um, the actual film version has Anna Kendrick in it, and I think it's Anna, Anna and uh Anna and. think it's jeremy jordan yeah and jeremy jordan who who like their voices are beautiful absolutely gorgeous voices if you should at least watch this movie for the music it's just it's it's beautiful but basically it's a timeline of the last five years anna kendrick's character goes from start to finish and jeremy jordan's goes from end to beginning so we have two non not chronological well one is moving chronologically the other one is Going the opposite direction and they meet at one point which is their wedding within the last five years and it's basically if you want to know basic, it's like it goes over the falling in love and the falling out of love of two people in new york city they're both they're both dreamers who like go to new york one's making it big that's jeremy jordan's character one is faltering and at one point you are either an anna kendrick or a jeremy jordan like you're in, in your in relationships, you're one or the other. Um, that's like one of the great things about all the films I think I've picked is that you can really put yourself in the shoes of both characters and really see the shortcomings um, of them, and just kind of. I think like this is a this is a movie that really talks about you know what it feels like to be on both sides of the shoe. There is a little bit of. You know, there's jealousy between like the success of one and there's and the failure of the other. I guess in like pursuing their dreams, and then there's like kind of this idea of putting somebody on a pedestal. Um, and like, there's also a question of like, do we really? Do I really love this person for who they are, or do I need to really just be in love with somebody? So there's like a lot of like good questions that people should ask themselves. And I think if you've ever been in a long-term relationship, you should watch this movie. Like or you want to be in one, which is pretty much everyone, you should watch this movie. Like, It really hits a lot of points. Um, at one point, it was on Netflix. I don't think it is anymore. You're going to have to go purchase this or like rent it or whatever. It's it's so absolutely worth it. It is not a happy movie. They do not end up together. It is, But it is beautiful, and it goes over the emotions. And again, there's a lack of communication. And I think there is a breakdown of what they both want so like it's pretty convincing in a way that they want to be together but they just have you heard of point resolution in relationships no there's this idea where in every relationship you are moving it's like there's a think of a hill okay Notting hill any hill we okay. can say it's Notting hill <laughs> But, like, there's the incline, the falling in love, and it rises, rises, rises. When we reach a point of conflict, there's only two choices you get. You choose to move forward and work with the person, or you choose to walk away. And there are actually many points of conflicts, but it's usually, you know, they're little, they're tiny, you're going uphill, and then you reach one, and then things just, either they go there's a resolution and you move forward or they go downhill. And I think this is a good example of a relationship going downhill. Um, Very attractive characters, very relatable characters, they sing their feelings the whole time. And so, but you know what? They're not telling each other really how they feel. And I think that is just really just, if I have to say, if there's any, like, in every end of a relationship, one of the nails in the coffins is a lack of communication. And usually it results in people thinking, one of them thinking that there's no way of coming back from something. Like, there's no way. Like, we've already gone this far. There's no point. There's point of no return. We could never go back to wave before. And I think like having that attitude is like definitely, you know, if you have that attitude, you're right. There is no point of coming back. Um, so that's just my thoughts on that. I think it's a really good one. I definitely balled my eyes out. And I think it also puts us in this very interesting situation because you got to like, you kind of feel like maybe you watch it the first time and you're like, Anna Kendrick's character is so right. I can't believe like he did this, blah, 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 blah. But then you might find yourself in a different relationship and you might be like, Oh damn, I do really need space. Now I feel like kind of like Jeremy Jordan's character and so it's definitely something that I could watch over and over again and find something that I relate to more and more so and it's come from a very personal place and it's very evident I think it's very realistic to relationships
0: I mean everything you just said is like like an opiate to me in terms of what I like to see in a movie like um, like you a, cry? i I like I, I love a good cry um uh, but like people singing and Uh, romance and and love but also like the loss of love that's like that's a that's right up my alley that's my kind of movie um
1: movie is heartbreaking absolutely heartbreaking
0: and what else is new this list has been filled with heartbreak so far
1: (laughs) it's just i guess like because of our age it's like the most relatable thing i read somewhere that on average people date like eight people before they actually like settle down with somebody i don't know how much i want to believe that but you know
0: Ah, oh, jeez. <laughs> I've
1: been telling you about my bias, so I've been told. Eight people? On average, but I don't know if it's, like, people that they, like, date seriously or people that they date in general. Does that make sense?
0: I guess so, yeah. That makes that sense. Makes,
1: and people that are, like, ah, uh, like, this is my boyfriend, and then there's, like, people that you, like, you know, the people that you, like, meet and you try to see if this could be anything, so. That what? was not disclosed in my gathering of research. <laughs>
0: Well, it sounds daunting, like, you know, like, yeah, like, like, we got, like, what, five, like, I got, like, five more of these to go through before it's all over? Jeez, man, that's gonna be tough.
1: I'm not to count every single person I've ever went to dinner with. I'm <laughs> rude, Dave. You're like... <laughs> I'm way overdue.
0: <laughs> like, we're, you're, you're just blue right past eight, you know?
1: I'm past eight. <laughs> Sad.
0: <laughs> you're like, uh, like, when my dad met my mom, it was... That was, like, the first person he ever dated and ended up married. And so so he, like, puts the average, like, he kind of makes it lower. But then you just, like, went so past it that it averaged right back out to eight.
1: I'm pretty sure I bring the average up. It's based <laughs> off of people you just, like, go on dates. I'm pretty
0: sure I bring the average, like, way up. <laughs> um, well, I mean... The last five years, maybe maybe your, your your rom-com with Hugh Grant can be also be called The Last Five Years, but it'll be like The Last Five Years of Dating, and then now it's over, now you can be with Hugh Grant forever.
1: <laughs> okay, uh, Hugh Grant needs to get, get his butt here faster, that's all, I, that's all I'm
0: saying. Hey, he needs to stop making those Paddington movies. Wait, this. he's
1: already here all along, though, because we talked about love and friendship. <laughs> we'll see, we'll see, but we'll, we'll keep going. <laughs> um...
0: You did you mentioned it was on Netflix but not anymore but I looked it up and uh it says available on YouTube for free uh I don't know what that means um uh, like I guess it would mean that it's on YouTube and it's free to watch but I think like there's probably there's got to be a catch I would think
1: oh definitely probably those YouTube people
0: I know they're always ringing us <laughs> for every last penny um uh I'll here I guess I'll go to my number one now um
1: did you say your number two already? Notting Hill Oh, oh yeah, I'm
0: stupid. I can't count. going. <laughs> That's fine. I remember I think our little women podcast, we were all over the place. I think we ended up like with nineteen scenes or something. <laughs> <laughs> I kept adding. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, I got I got a good one here. Um it's a little movie called Before Sunrise. Um and you told me you haven't seen it. I think of all the movies on my list, this one is like like this this would be so up your alley. Like you would I think you would really love this movie. Um I do it's, love, love it's it's what it's all about this is the start of a trilogy um and um for anyone who doesn't know uh it's before sunrise comes out in like 95 i think i think it's 1995 and then uh that's pretty much it and then 2004 like nine years later they come like two actors it's ethan hawk and julie delpy and they come back to do before sunset. It's a sequel 10 years later and they check in on them where they're at in their lives 10 years after that night where they first met. And then 10 years later 2013 before midnight comes out and we check in again on them 10 years after that. And
1: Ooh, I like it.
0: It's it's so amazing. It's it's literally like candy to my like my very smooth brain. It's like like I'm just so pleased by it. Um There's been, there's been talk about a fourth one coming. I guess it would have to be, if they're keeping up with the, every nine years, it would be 2022. Um, so plenty of time. Hopefully the, um, pandemic doesn't delay it, uh, for before number four. Uh, but yeah, but I got, my favorite is still the very first one. It's before sunrise. Um, I feel like there's so much here, um, And I'll say first that I think this one is my favorite because of some of what we were talking about earlier, where I literally just, I'm just hard on my sleeve and loving the idea of like a fantasy kind of romance. And that's what this one is. Like it's before sunrise is these, is these two in their twenties. Um, and it's the the night they first meet, they kind of fall in love. And it's about that young sort of love where there's all like possibility and potential. And it's like exciting and you can stay up all night and not feel like shit in the morning. And that kind of amazing love. And then before sunset is a little bit like um, people who are in their 30s now. Um, they're looking for something a little bit more serious. They're not looking for like a one night fling. It's that kind of thing. It's a little bit more... Uh, more realistic and then before midnight is uh it's that's that'll just put you through the ringer that's like people in their 40s people who are um people who have who are trying to fight off cynicism and it's 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 brutal it's heartbreaking um all of them are heartbreaking in different ways but i love the first one because it is that sort of um love is new and exciting feeling and the idea of just like you meet somebody on a train and then you go out into beautiful european countrysides and literally the whole movie is uh, does that sound like a dream? it's it is so it's like I, they pe- Somebody wanted them to make the fourth movie about these two in quarantine together. And I said, no, th- That it cannot be them in quarantine because I need the 30 minute tracking shot of them walking through these European countrysides and these little streets and nooks and crannies and just talking. That whole movie is just one conversation. It literally just follows them having one conversation the whole movie, like an hour and a half. And that's what I was, I wanted to mention it earlier when I said that we were talking about communication. I said, no, no, no. Before Sunrise is the perfect movie to talk about communication because the whole movie is communication. And it's literally just them talking about their feelings at their current state of, in their lives. The, the whole trilogy is written by one guy, um, with the help of the two actors they contribute as well. And so you know it's coming from somebody who is actually living these experiences right now. His feel, the feelings that the characters say are the writer's own. These are completely valid and real feelings and to watch them just go through it like they're just not only is it so idyllic and so amazing to watch this sort of love unfold. But it's also like challenging and it's so intellectual. Like you really, like you follow along with it. You feel like you learn, like you kind of get a vocabulary for how to talk about your own feelings. It's just, I could gush about the Before Trilogy forever. It is fa- so amazing. I even like, th- I didn't get to see them 10 years apart like everyone else did, but I spaced them a year and a half apart. And it kind of worked out where like the first time I watched it, I had just finished my... Um, first year of college, so I was at that point in my life. And then the next time I watched it, I was just finishing... The DCP, which is a whole, like, I was a completely different person by then, so to watch this movie where they're different people too was great, and then I just watched the third one about a month ago before we got sent home for the quarantine, because I felt like I was a, I was once again a different person, and it was time to watch the third one, and I feel like I've talked so much about a movie that you haven't even seen, I feel a little guilty about it, because I'm just literally waxing poetic about this fantastic movie, but before Sunrise, is always going to be the one that teaches me about love.
1: I do. I do. I'm a fan of everything you have told me. I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna watch it. You should send me. Definitely send me the link or whatever so that I can find it.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. I'll watch. I I'll watch the last five years, and you'll watch before sunrise, and it'll be beautiful and great and amazing. Um, it's not streaming anywhere, but I'll we'll figure something out.
1: <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to watch it. I do love that I do love the idea of the conversation that goes on and on and on and that being like the first thing I think so well that is something that is actually very familiar when you just hit it off with somebody I've Div, I've been there you've been there we've been there like there are people you do just hit it off with and that is such a beautiful feeling and we do really wish that that's where things stay forever but they don't so
0: I think I think you're really gonna. I think you're really gonna be blown away by this movie. If if that's like a the perfect response to have, I think.
1: I'm a fan. I'm gonna. I'm gonna watch
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I won't say too much more then. I. I feel like I don't want to tread too dangerously into the waters of spoiling anything because it's just it. It's it's gobsmacking. Um, but yeah, Juliana Gallagher, Julie Jules, as we previously described. <laughs>
1: those people (laughs) you're
0: you are all of them and you have a number one movie that i am so excited to hear all about
1: uh a number one movie and that is brooklyn
0: oh my goodness
1: okay i'm gonna tell you something that you'd be like why the hell would you put this as your top movie i was so livid the first time i watched this (laughs) i was livid Dave.
0: I have a feeling this has to do with something that you actually tweeted about yesterday.
1: I don't know, but maybe. <laughs> I was livid. The first time I saw this movie, I was absolutely livid. And I will tell you why. Because my friend was all like, hey, you like period dramas. You like love. You'll love this movie. Here, you can you can watch it. She lent me the DVD. I went and I watched it. And I was like, what the hell did I just <laughs> And I was like, I thought you said I would love this movie. And it's funny. That is exactly why I love this movie. Is because I think it spoke to a really deep part of me. Because, <laughs> okay, if you're not familiar with Brooklyn, I literally was just talking about this with my sister this morning. This movie. Um, basically, it's about an um, Irish girl who, who, who comes to the States... Um, through Ellis Island, and she meets an Italian boy, and at the time, Italians and Irish were not on friendly terms. So, basically, she falls in love with an Italian boy, she marries the Italian boy, and her aunt dies, she flies back to Ireland, or she, sorry, she doesn't fly, sorry, we don't fly in these times. Um, she, she gets on a <laughs> ship, she goes back to Ireland, and then her family is just like, we just found you the most handsome Irish guy ever. And that is when I start developing problems. <laughs> okay. And I think um, he is both... Okay, Tony. Tony. He's, uh, he's, he's Italian. He, you kind of get more of... When she has moved to America, she's an American now. She's in love with an Italian boy. They have this marriage. They're not very, they're not very rich. You know, they have kind of this, like, meet-cute where they meet at a dance or something like that. And it's very, it's its own love story. And they get married. And, and, like, halfway in the film, you're like, okay, so cool. She's, like, married now. Um, Then she goes to Ireland. And her family just, like, does not, they do not care. They do not give a shit. they they would rather forget that she married an Italian boy so she could be with this like perfect Irish guy and like the worst annoying part is is that dude is like really perfect. (laughs) (laughs) This is what makes me mad. This is what makes me mad. I think like i have a really strong idea of love being like a commitment and you choose that person and it just drives me up a wall that when she goes to ireland and her family's like look at this really hot irish guy like she is so tempted to go through with that for getting her italian husband in america and just being with this irish guy you could even argue that he has some advantages that the other guy doesn't and i think the movie retains itself because it ends with her going back to her husband. And I put this at the top, Dave, because it's really relatable. I think it makes me really mad in a way that we get mad at ourselves. Um, you know, I think this is a reality. You know, we choose somebody. We think this is it. But there are other people in the world and there are other obstacles. Like, for example, family pressures, distances, all this stuff, like, racial, like, in that, you kind of get a sense of, like, you know, like, for example, like, they shouldn't be together because of their cult, like, where they come from, which is, like, you know, like, we like to think of it nowadays as something ridiculous, but it's a thing that happens, and just, like, you know, I picked this movie at the top because I think, you know, she goes back to her husband, um, and that is why I put it at the top. I just... I want to believe that people will always pick their loved one always 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 I want to believe that this is the for me in my in my of all of my films this is the only happy one on the list because I think it 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 is shows us the side of us we don't want to acknowledge the side that wants to take the easy the easy course that wants to just please the family wants to choose the easy route you know he's rich he's good looking um everything But, you know, Tony is at home and he loves her and he's counting on her to come back to him. We don't even see the discussion of, does she tell him about how her family tries to just marry her off to some other dude and pretend he doesn't exist? We don't see that. All we see is, you know, at the end of the day, love is our choices. And she has made her choice. She has made her commitment. And I just, for me, like, it's so, I'm so happy she goes back. You do not understand, Dave. (laughs) i would have been mad for the rest of my life and um i think that's a testament to like what i kind of feel like love is i think it is about the hard choices sometimes and i just i think ultimately being chosen the idea of choosing and being chosen appeals to me just so much um it is a gorgeous film like it is like beautiful like the the scenery the costuming the way they film it is is beautiful um very very cute, you know. We kind of like stories that have a little like drama in them, lots of drama in it. um There's two romance stories, which makes it interesting because it's like we get to see this person basically like kind of like fall in love twice. But I just love that she makes the choice to to be with a man she she's she's committed to because I want to be like that one day. I don't wanna I don't want my family to try to marry me off with a man and like any of that shit. But I do want to I do you know, that's what I aspire is um, when I choose somebody, I want to choose them always. And I think um, that is kind of a lesson to be learned. And then there's also the aspect that it might be really, really, really hard at times. And there might be other people popping up. Um, But like, hey, you know, some people might feel otherwise. For me, this is the film that I think really speaks to me it was hard for me to watch I got so mad at the I got so mad at the main character and I think it just says you know I want to believe that people like I I personally want to believe that people choose somebody and they choose them over and over and over again no matter what the circumstances is and like that is what I'm going to stand for and this is the film that I think represents that so
0: well um, I have a lot of thoughts about what you said however i have to take issue with um one thing that you said which has it has offended me to my core um (laughs) you said you refer to the main character of this movie as some irish girl and (laughs) and and she she is not um she is irish and she is a girl (laughs) however she is um her name is uh, Saoirse Ronan. I'm not sure uh, if you know that name because that. I know that name. I do
1: know that name. i that name. I'm just not very good at saying
0: it. I just couldn't believe my ears. Um...
1: I'm part of a fan club on Facebook.
0: Wait, you're in that group?
1: I'm in the fan
0: club group. Are we in the same Saoirse Ronan fan club Facebook group?
1: We should we should test this theory. I'm going to go I'm, I'm going to say something
0: on the page and you to tell me if you see it. I'm furiously going to Facebook as we speak.
1: <laughs> like,
0: Cuz she doesn't have any social media so like you got to take what you can get with Sersha. I mean, she
1: has a fan, fan page. I just saw it and I added myself.
0: Let's see. Is it are you in the Sersha Ronan official fan group?
1: I don't know if it's as official.
0: Okay. I don't know why what makes it official but But it's the one I in. In,
1: in. I joined the group. They're like I also had like some questions about it and it's just it's like it's like, Do you love her? And it's like yes. Yeah, yeah, I'm in it. Oh, you're in it too.
0: Where are you? I don't see you.
1: I see your little circle. <laughs> like, I I'm, I'm going to screenshot it and send
0: it to you I don't see your circle, what the hell
1: Why is this being the way it
0: is? <laughs> I'm searching it. I'm searching the group now for Juliana <laughs>
1: I'm in the room We're <laughs> both in the group
0: There's 2,700 members of this thing There you are <laughs> Yes, <laughs> you joined the Twenty two hours ago.
1: Yeah, because I saw it I saw it and I was like I'm gonna join it. I didn't realize you were in it. We're in it
0: together. We're in it together. (laughs) You picked the perfect time because tomorrow's her birthday.
1: Stop, is it really? And she was my number one in my number one film. You don't understand. That movie just rocks me to my core in like the best way possible. It like beats me up to the point of making me make a choice. I'm like, damn it. At the end, I have to pick the guy that I commit to. Like, that's what it tells me. Like, you have to, like, love is a commitment. And I think that's really just the thing that, like, for me, like, bam.
0: That's like... I'm not
1: saying you have to be traditional about, like, the role in which you pick. Like, maybe some people don't want to get married or whatever, whatever. But I am saying, like, when you make a commitment, like, love is a commitment. You've got to choose it over and over again. And there will be challenges that we don't want to acknowledge are challenges.
0: And that's like I... that's like the personal I'm... statement you want to you want people to take away from this podcast.
1: Um Love is,
0: that is a that commitment.
1: A super, most perfect statement? No. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's the most perfect statement, but I will tell you this that for me, it's the only film I, I did this on purpose, it being the top one, it's the only film in which the couple stays together and it requires a choice, a hard choice. Okay. And I think if you want something lasting, there will be hard choices. And I hope if you want love, you choose it over and over again.
0: I think that's a great um, personal philosophy to have. You're right, though. Um, Brooklyn's an amazing movie. I love it a great deal.
1: Which, do you feel like you're the Irish guy or the Italian guy, Dave? That's what I want to know.
0: Do Like, which character I identify with more? Mm-hmm. Um, well, my natural inclination is always to say that I'm a Saoirse. Um, uh... Okay, but,
1: like, we can't all be that perfect.
0: (laughs) Listen, I have... Every time I see a movie with her, I have to go through the same, like, process of understanding that I'll never be her, so... Um, but, yeah, I guess... mm, I would say that I'm... This might sound like I'm just trying to, like, butter myself up, but I, I do believe that I have more in common with the Italian guy. Um, uh, because... Not only like I have, he's a, he's a Brooklyn Dodgers fan and I have a t-shirt that says keep the Dodgers in Brooklyn. Um, so that's, that's one. Um, but also I feel like he's just, I feel like he's just more himself. Like, I feel like he's more comfortable, um, being who he is and not trying to be what other people think he should be. And I kind of, I like, I like the idea of people who are unabashedly um themselves it took me a long time to get to the point where i understood who i was and how to comfortably be that around other people and i think he exhibits that um very well not that um the other guy doesn't but he's more like he's more like sort of propped up um to be um he's like a legacy guy he's like he's like following in footsteps whereas um tony is just truly like his own yeah. guy, he's honest. I like that about him, and that's why I kind of resonated more with his character.
1: Dave, if she picked the Irish guy, I would have been absolutely devastated and upset with womankind. You
0: but, don't understand. But you love Domnal Gleeson.
1: <laughs> okay, yes. This is true. <laughs> but also, I'm not saying they're bad choices, but Dave, you don't understand the idea of committing to somebody, like, It's for me at least. I personally find that to be a very, very serious thing, and I want to believe that people make commitments and they follow through on them. And just Tony is just you know he doesn't deserve that terminal turmoil that he potentially was gonna go through. Um, And I I just I just yeah, Tony is he's the the husband guy, and I just love that. So I was just curious if you had a way you leaned. Because, dang, that that Irish dude, like, man, he was, like, what? Like, he was, like, rugby captain, super rich guy. And I'm, like, literally, literally, what the heck?
0: Well, the the theme of choice is always an important one in these kinds of stories. I think, like, the idea of somebody having personal agency is always, like, really resonant and um, great to follow. Um, And I think, um, like you said about commitment, I think that's a great point to make as well. Because I used for the longest time, I used to be, like i used to i'm afraid of commitment i didn't really know what i was saying because i was just a kid i was was like 11 years old saying i'm like my biggest fear spiders and commitment and then it kind of just became like a personal mantra of mine so so long until like when i finally did the dcp i understood i was like oh i'm not afraid of commitment at all actually it's like it's, it's something that i thrive off of um and but i will say um that uh you um you mentioned oh, I'm forgetting it now, you mentioned, oh no, yes, okay, so she makes the commitment to the to Tony, which is like the best, like they're great together, they have like I think they have better chemistry and everything, however, um they're so good together, um, but it's so refreshing to hear you say that as well because um this is this is a movie that not a lot of my friends have seen, so it's kind of been like my relationship with it is like pers- is like individualistic or it's like with people on the internet who I don't know. And they always, like almost unanimously, every person that I've talked to about it thinks that she should have been with the Irish guy. And I was like, what, are you crazy? Like, she's so much better with Tony. And they're like, nah, nah, nah. The Irish guy is like a much better fit for her. And I was like, "Why? I can't, am I alone on this? But it's so great to hear that you feel the same way.
1: Because it's not about the fit. It is about the choice. And I think that's what people we forget, we forget, we forget. You know what? They're always somebody hotter, younger, better, blah, 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 whatever. But you know what? When people choose you, I hope you choose them back. That is what I want to say. Like, that is my wish for people. Because the people who choose you, I hope you choose. Because that is it's so easy, it is so easy to always hop onto what's better, what makes you feel younger, what makes you feel like, whatever, but to choose somebody, and choose them continually, is such a gift, it is such a gift, and here's the, one of the things I like to say, is, you can have it all, but you can only have it all with one person, and you can't pick highs only, you can't pick lows only, um, and I, and I, and I think, like, at least, you know, if you're a person who's longing for a, a, like a loving relationship, you know. The reality is, it's it's you can experience it all, but you're gonna have to pick if it's gonna be like a fair. I don't. I don't even. I don't. I, I don't even know if I have the words for it. You're gonna have to pick one person, and I hope you pick the person who who sees you. Because the thing is, Tony cho- chooses her. He chooses her.
0: Oh, I would choose Sir Sharon also.
1: I mean, true, but true. <laughs> And she goes off to Ireland, and if she goes off with that man, she has put aside a man who was not set up for her, but she has put aside a man who chose her, who is going to work hard for her. And and that is not something that you get every day, okay? There are so many hot women in the world, so many better options. You know what? He has everything. That dude in Ireland has everything. We don't see the entirety of who he is, really. Um, we don't know that... It's kind of got this feeling of an arranged marriage thing. It's not really quite as much of a choice. And the thing is, T- Tony's waiting for her back in New York. He's counting on her. And just the fact she goes back is just, like, phenomenal. Like, you don't understand. That movie would have been complete garbage to me if she just ran <laughs> off the other guy.
0: I feel like, I mean, I could listen to you talk about these kinds of movies for hours, but I feel like that's such a great note to end on. Um,
1: yeah it is but uh there you go dave let me just expose myself through my favorite movies
0: <laughs> i think they say a lot about who we are to pick them
1: i think so too i really do
0: um juliana thank you so much for being here we almost got to two hours on the podcast recording <laughs>
1: just like last time <laughs> i talk way too much
0: <laughs> no i could honestly listen to this for hours like the like it's I think especially with The Little Women one like we went longer than The Little Women one and we had one fewer person with us.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so true. So true. This has been an absolute pleasure and if people ha- are watching or listening and they haven't seen those movies they should, honestly. Take
0: your time. Have I mentioned
1: today how lucky I am to be in love with you?